Welcome to Reconnect with Plant Wisdom. I'm your host, Tigrila Gardenia, nature-inspired mentor and leadership coach. In this podcast, I share ancient and modern knowledge from biology to spirituality about the wondrous ways in which plants can help you lead a naturally conscious life. Hello, hello. Welcome back to episode 16. 16. So excited. All right, today I want to talk about blooming in unusual places. We know this. We know plants do this all the time. So what does it mean in human terms? Really, this kind of is more of how do you trust your intuition and really seize a moment? How do you thrive in whatever location that you might be found? How can you develop through your plantness skills that help you better uh, listen to yourself, feel your self-trust, self-confidence, and your own intuition in order to take advantage of situations that are happening to you. So how is it that plants actually accomplish this? I mean, if you think about it, plants are sessile in nature, right? So they're rooted into the ground. And um, from that place, they must make the best of whatever it is that is happening in their lives. And we know now with, you know, human change, climate change, all kinds of change happening, plants have had to endure uh, many different obstacles or different challenges that don't always allow them to be in what they would consider to be their natural environment. As a matter of fact, today I was listening to a podcast that I really enjoy that was talking about how many of the plants that today we think of as native or in their sort of natural habitat, we have discovered are not really in their natural habitat. They're in a habitat that they have adapted to or they're naturalized to and have done an excellent job really creating conditions that are conducive to their lives in these new places. So how how is it that plants can actually do this? And what can we as human beings learn from the way that plants look at the world and how they process um, and adapt to the places that they are? Now, this is slightly different than just straight up adaptation because adaptation is, okay, I'm here, I'm stuck here, I can't make anything else. How do I make the best out of a situation? This is more out of how do I even know that this is the right place So this is kind of pre that. And how do I know that I can make this work or that I should try to make this work? So, um, you know, plants have many decisions that they can make. They could even choose to die um, if they don't believe they could they could really focus on the next generation. And so how do plants sort of make some of these decisions and how can we use that information for ourselves and to help us become better decision makers and really um, take advantage of the places that we're in. So one thing that's extremely important for us to always remember is that nature runs on information. Nature runs on information that is gathered from many, many, many different sources. So as we've talked about, like when I was telling you about my own journey in previous episodes, and as we talk about quite clearly in um, Reconnect with the Plant Kingdom, which is in Blooming Sprouts in the Naturally Conscious Community, which is my seminal course, and it goes bit by bit through all the different senses that plants have. Plants have developed these senses in order to have a very minute 
level detail of what is the environment around them. Because a plant can't just get up and run away, they have to understand the world in a much more um, subtle way. So not just big swaths of information or generalizations, but taking what they know to be the general conditions around them and then putting that together with little details about what is actually happening. So you might think of this as understanding the larger sort of context and then being able to contrast that context with pieces of data that you pick up along the way that is very attuned to where you are. So very local to the environment in which you're in. And this information seems like it's all physical, which, you know, of course, from a biological perspective, we're going to be looking at mainly the physical things. So, you know, what is, what are the general shifts in pressure throughout the day or throughout the year? What are the shifts in temperature throughout the year and throughout the day? What are the different ways in which, you know, where are the electrical signals coming from? What are the chemical composition of where I am. These are all kinds of details that the plants know. Now plants, not only do they collect what is happening right now, but they also collect historical data. So we know from many of the studies that are coming out that plants have in some ways a repository of memory of what has been happening over the course of multiple years so that they can then adapt to what is happening. So the first thing that we can look at to really seize the moment is the fact that we have a body of experience in our lives. And we should always apply that entire body of experience when we go to make a decision. So part of the way that we build confidence and we build trust is by also being aware of the decisions that we've made, the experiences that we've had, and what those mean to you. And in order for us to do that, we have to take the time to really uh, process situations that happen and experiences that happen. Now, that doesn't mean dwelling in them, especially if they're bad ones, or if I made a mistake, you know, punishing yourself for it. But it means taking the time to really do that kind of postmortem check-in of what went right, what went wrong, how did I read the situation, what were the indicators that told me that um, a situation was going to go in a certain way, and did I read those indicators correctly? So. There's one part that's pre-decision, which is how much time do I give myself in order to make any kind of decision or to really step into all the possible pieces of information that I could use in order to make a decision and build up my confidence. And then the other part is once I've made a decision, how much time do I spend analyzing or better understanding what choices I made and what I learned from them? Where did I make a wrong choice? Where did I make a right choice? How can I improve that decision-making going forward? So because nature runs on information, nature is currently, and plants in particular, are, are always doing this. They're always looking at and adapting their current situation based on historical data and based on predictions that they can make from that historical data. And in order for them to know whether the predictions that they made are the correct uh, uh, predictions, they need to be able to then assess what, what happened based on those predictions. So time and giving yourself time in both of these sides, pre-decision and post-decision is one way that we really can step in to our intuition and really learn how to better seize moments because we start to see patterns. From there, it's important for us to start to design differently um, the way that we approach 
a situation the next time it happens. So what were the feelings that I had and how can I better um, capture those types of feelings? In other words, you know, what do I have to develop within myself, whether those are skills or talents that I recognize that I now had or experiences that I have to build up. So a a plant would do this by even designing the, the way that they are body lives. In other words, they might adapt a part of themselves like a leaf to better account for a current situation. So in order to seize the moment, they might, um, for example, if you think about certain types of plants, you can see how they mimic the leaves of those around them, even the shape and the color of a leaf in order to better adapt to another situation. So they might look around and see what others are doing and test out how they can change their body to best fit what others are doing that they can see are thriving. So one way for us to kind of understand and step into a foreign territory is to see what others are doing and play with how could we adapt what others are doing as a first step and see how that feels and what is it that we in what we gain from that. So again, that doesn't mean changing who you are altogether. It means looking at the parts of me that are shiftable and then asking myself, would what would happen and testing for a little while, what would happen if I was to adapt that current modality? Because in order for you to find your own way of adapting or of adapting is not the right word, what the way that you understand how you can best thrive in an unusual place in a situation that's outside of your own, or even if you should jump into that situation is to first test it out, doing what somebody else is doing. And then from there, adding parts of yourself back in until you find that right sweet spot and that right balance. So maybe if you don't have the confidence in the particular moment, you know, the whole adage of fake it until you make it, does have some kind of validity in an experimentation phase. The other thing that plants will do is really grow in different directions to test out or to um, move towards where it is that they feel is the best place for them to thrive. So if I'm sessile in a location, let's assume that I am a plant that is of a, a sun loving plant that has now grown in a location, have, I've been seeded into a location for whatever reason where I'm getting very little light, then I want to play around with different ways that I can grow my body out, different genes that I can turn on and off in order to find the best place for myself. And in order to know which one of these to do, sometimes I just have to take an educated guess. And the educated guess is based on what is happening around me. So what am I observing from those that are around me? And another educated guess is what are the historical markers of within myself that I know? Can I grow taller in order to reach the light? Can I grow out wider in a specific direction in order to find pockets of light there? Should I make my leaf broader than I normally make it in order to do this? So these are all ways that I can experiment with in order to better seize an opportunity. So if a plant feels that there is a sun pocket in a certain direction, then that plant is going to make a beeline into that and is going to find ways to modify the leaf structure in order to make that leaf as wide as possible to capture those rays of sunshine in that way. So 
when you feel like you have an opportunity, you want to be able to create a test run that allows you to experience that. So you might not have the confidence to go all in 100%. So you're not going to like shift your entire body. The plant doesn't first create every part of their body in the way that the direction that they have to move but they might create certain pieces to adapt, to test out those words. So these are different aspects that plants will use in order to sort of gain trust or gain some confidence into the area that you are, that they're in. And this is something you can test out for yourself. Another thing that's extremely important for plants and that they create are what's called negative and positive feedback loops. Now you keep hearing me talk about feedback loops because they are so important from the natural perspective and is something that can really help us as humans. A feedback loop is a part of a system, system that gets created in which some portion of the system, or maybe even all of it, the output is used as input for future generations. So basically the way that a loop is created is that I have some piece of information that comes that comes in that then I output something different that goes into another piece and then that creates the output for me to read. Um, using a non-plant example, because uh, it's the first one that came into my mind, you might think about your thermostat at home right? You have your uh, air conditioning or your heating on. And so you have a set point temperature. And when you go above it or beyond below it, depending on if you have heating on or if you have air conditioning on, the, um, the unit will turn on or turn off. And then of course, when it hits another threshold, it'll either turn off or turn off. So this is a loop that happens. You have a maximum kind of temperature and a minimum temperature, and you have this play that happens. So the air that gets blown out is the input for the thermostat. The response, the temperature on the thermostat is the response on the air, is the input for whether or not the air is gonna be blown out. And on a natural perspective, we see this all the time. This really helps us build self-trust because if I create a feedback loop, a um, uh, 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 something that allows me to take an output of my situation, of, the, of what I'm trying to create, and it acts as an input as to whether I should continue in that area or I should instead change it, then that gives me an opportunity to really better understand what I, the decisions that I've made and whether the decisions that I've made are the right decisions to make. So if I'm going to build up my self-trust, one of the first things that I want to do is create a feedback loop where the first piece of the decision that I make provides an input that helps move the system along. And then when the system is moving, it provides an output that becomes the input for whether or not that decision was the right decision for me to make. So I am always not just creating a feedback loop that helps me know how things are going, but it's also a feedback loop that helps me better understand my own decision-making process and when I need to make changes versus when I can. So it makes it a little easier for me to confidently make decisions going forward. And sometimes these decisions are not, the feedback loop is not necessarily made with what you might think of are two absolutely related pieces, but they do have somewhat of a cause and effect. 
and it allows me to start to test something. So you have um, a positive feedback loop, which is something where, um, for example, when I get feedback, it tells me to continue or to expand. And so that feedback loop helps expand the process. And that's a great type of feedback loop to use at the beginning as you're gaining trust in yourself, because you might start with a small amount in the decision that you make. So making the base first decision or really um, seizing the moment that you have in a way that's somewhat safe. But with every time that that feedback loop reinforces, you expand a little more and you add a little more to it. So um, I think you see this in uh, models where you have to make certain types of investments, right? I make a little bit of investment and I see that investment comes back. So I feel a, a little bit more confident in my choices. So I make a next level investment, which is maybe a little bit bigger. And then it comes back and it tells me whether or not that was a good investment or not a good investment. And this loop allows me to build up my um, my own personal trust and in being able to feel comfortable in how I take advantage of new opportunities that come to me. So I can make certain level decisions or I can make certain um, level um investments and then from that investment continuously growing it until I reach a point. The thing about positive feedback loops is that it's important for you to also have thresholds on it, not just thresholds that tell you when to keep going, but also thresholds that help you understand when you've reached the overall goal. And here it's where seizing the moment and really um, thriving in an unusual location means as you're building up that self-trust, you have to be studying the environment in which you're in to know what is the ultimate dis, um, goal that you want to have. Because positive feedback loops can be exponential, so they can continuously and continuously go. And that might be okay in some circumstances, but it might not. There might be a natural threshold in which you want to stop. So when you have a positive um, a positive reinforcing feedback loop, you want to make sure that you are creating that in a way that allows you to know what your goal is. And this is the reason why, for example, with my own clients, we start our sessions, we start our, our um, series of mentorship with a very deep dive into what are your whys and what are your values. Whys and values are extremely important for you to have clear when you are building or evolving into a new point of yourself. And of course, you want to do this periodically. What are my whys? Have my whys changed? What are my values? And have my values changed? The reason is because if you create a positive feedback loop, for example, and it is making taking um, decisions that you make, and if you get reinforcement, you are going to continue that decision or you're going to increase that choice that you made. So think of it as an investment that you're making or um, some product or service that you're uh, um, offering. You could have exponential growth, which sounds wonderful, but it can also be many other things when it's taken beyond its tipping point. So part of understanding really deeply your whys and understanding really deeply your values is to make sure you don't go beyond those tipping points into areas that take you outside of what you were originally trying to accomplish and move you into things that are undesired, like maybe having the 
an impact that is a negative impact on both yourself or on those that you're trying to help. Um, it could also have a negative impact economically because it's expanding too much. And so the balance between time and uh, quality of life and quantity gets out of balance. So understanding your um, goals as well as your deep, deep whys and your values helps you make sure that you create a feedback loop that has a natural mechanism for either adjusting or stopping. The other kind of feedback loop, which is a negative feedback loop, which is not negative in the sense of bad, but negative in the sense that it, it naturally stops itself. It balances. So remember, we've talked a little, we've talked in our, in a previous episode of our, of the podcast about the, the difference between balance, like stability and instability. So having a series of balance and then breaking that balance for growth, negative feedback loops create balance. Positive feedback loops create instability on a purpose, but with a um, instability from the perspective of growth, but with some kind of feedback that tells you it's okay to go in that direction. So they're very, they're very important, both of them, and you want to be able to create both of these in order to ensure that you have your values and your whys always in check and that you have systems that allow you to balance things for a period of time. So once you um, feel like you've grown or evolved or taken advantage of a situation in a good way, in the best way possible, you have the time in order to stabilize that and create a new balance point in which you can double check your whys and double check your um and double check your values to ensure whether at what direction is the next level of growth for you or the next level of evolution in that. And this is why these two combinations of them are so useful and why plants and other beings in nature use these on a regular basis, especially for interspecies. So when you're stepping into unknown territory, positive and negative feedback loops can be really useful in order for you to get to know and find stability within unusual locations for you to be. Um, for example, uh, there's pitcher plants that have created a uh, what's called a negative feedback loop because the kind of nourishment that they need, they can't necessarily get in certain parts of the forest where they live. And so instead what they've done is develop a, um, a structure that makes it easy for a bat, which is to roost on them, to, to stop and wait on them. And then the, the bat defecates and that nourishes the pitcher plant. So the, the pitcher plant, which is a carnivorous plant, has adapted in order to create this loop where the way that they get nourishment is through the bat. So if the bat is stable, so if this little like structure that the plant has created is stable, the bat will roost there and the bat will defecate and that will create nourishment. And so the plant then keeps reinforcing this, this bar, this way of growing to ensure that the bat has this place to stay and the positive the, the negative, like the reinforcement is, okay, you do this and I provide this kind of feces. So it's a type of loop that happens that reinforces that they can get this nutrient. So it's a co-evolution that happens. And so when you're looking at building up your own self-trust, your own way of making decisions, your own way of learning of, of how it is that you can move forward in a challenging situation or how do you gain trust in yourself and um, confidence in the decisions that you're making. The idea of one, 
taking time to gather information. So gathering up both information during the process and gathering up information after the process so that you build from your own experiences because you want to use your own experiences is extremely important. Second is experimentation with the design, with the way that you do things. So you don't need to go 100% in, you can stretch out and test one piece, kind of like the leaf that starts to grow towards a, a light source and sees whether or not this is a good way of being in this current environment. So if you want to seize a moment, you might want to test the waters of that and see what do you need to design in yourself in order to be able to test those waters and try it before that you go all in. And that's a way for you to reinforce your own um your own confidence in it. And the third one is in creating these feedback loops, both positive loops at the beginning, which is I do a little bit and then I, based on the feedback of it, I grow in a certain direction or I do a little bit more. And so I just keep positively growing and expanding on the decision-making and on the confidence that I'm building. And then the other part is a negative feedback loop, which is at what point do I trigger a stop point for me to then stabilize that confidence, that decision-making, that experience that I've had in order to stabilize it and bring it into myself and ensure that I'm still aligned with what are my values and my goals and more importantly, my whys, my big whys. So you really want to play with these different pieces to understand what are the ways that you can anticipate because as you become better with these pieces, as you gain more trust in yourself, you will be able to anticipate situations because you will be able to use all of these loops and all of this feedback and all of this experimentation to better anticipate the direction in which you want to go and be able to respond more clearly and to be able to step into what we think of as our intuition more clearly whenever you need to make a decision. So I hope that's been useful. Those are really important pieces when you want to build your own self-trust and, and increase your confidence and do it in a way that um, is harmonious to your natural inclinations and to the way that your own natural intelligence works. But I want to hear from you what you think about this conversation. I want to hear your thoughts and talk about it. So please make sure you leave me a comment or better yet, join the conversation in the Naturally Conscious community. Because again, this is your place, your online ecosystem in order to explore and experiment new ways of living in collaboration with the plant world. Until next time, I am delighted to support your continued green evolution. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of Reconnect with Plant Wisdom. Intro and outro music by Steve Shuley and Poinsettia from The Singing Life of Plants. So join me, Tigrila Gardenia, and my plant collaborators next time on Reconnect with Plant Wisdom.